we acknowledge the original owners of the land on which we podcast, whose stories were told for thousands of years. Today, we are recording in Mianjin. We pay our respects to elders past and present who may be listening. Sovereignty was never ceded. A quick note before we get started that there may be some swearing in today's podcast. If you don't like swearing or usually listen with children in the car, you have been warned. Hi, Sam. How are you going? Hey, Hannah. I'm going well, thanks. I'm really excited How? about this episode today. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Who have we got on today? We've got the amazing Karen Lorenz on. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> thanks, guys, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. We're super excited to have you. Karen, uh, you just come back from Sydney. How was that? Oh, it was so amazing. We The last Sydney event, I only had 20 people, which was amazing with, you know, having a small group, but then we've increased it to 51 people and it was just a bunch full of people that really loved what they did and wanted to collaborate and wanted to connect and we're just really like happy-go-lucky providers and loved the innovative way, I guess, that Connect Fest is and it was just, it really filled my cup, I guess, as they say. So let's go back and explain a little bit about who you are. <laughs> um, where did you grow up? So I actually... Well, I'm originally from Melbourne in Frankston, but then we moved when we were quite young and I lived in Ararat, which is a little small town in Victoria. Um, and yeah, lived in that small town till I was about in grade five and then we moved up to Queensland and then became, I feel like a Queenslander, yeah. but still feel like I'm a Victorian at heart at times. <laughs> um, it was a really, you know, um, lovely place to grow up, you know, being in a small town, but then also, you know, having that um, difference of being in Queensland and having, I guess, the big city life as well allowed me to grow and be who I am. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you've mainly lived in Brisbane. Have you lived anywhere else in Queensland? No, just Brizzy. Just been a Brizzy girl. I've, I've lived on the south and north side um, and, yeah, now based kind of southish away so yep. yeah awesome and so how did you get into the disability sector yeah so I worked in disability employment services um prior to that I worked it in like I guess to call it the generalized um employment sector I did that for 15 years and then I kind of re realized okay I want to jump out of that area because I, I did it for 15 years loved it learned a lot from it but wanted to experience something different and wanted to work in the NDIS but didn't know how and what I wanted to do. I then did support work as an independent support worker, community access, social and community access um, for about six months with participants. And it's funny, I worked with a lot of... Um, I had a specific kind of people I worked with. I worked with people who were autistic and people had an intellectual disability. I, I did that and then I decided that... I did love it. I had a friend, he said, are you going to build a mini empire, Karen? And I says, uh, not really. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not because I don't love the industry. It's just it wasn't my jam and it didn't set my soul on fire. So then I started to do um, support worry marketing, which is positive brand awareness marketing, and then, then filtered into doing little mini events in Connect Fest. And that's kind of where I am now. And just loving it. I, I just, it's, it is what sets my soul on fire and what makes me happy every day. And yeah. I love, you know, I, I always say to my husband, you know, it's supposed to be a 15 hour um, per week job. Um, sometimes it's 15 hours per day. Um, <laughs> so the part-time element kind of went throughout the window, but, but I wouldn't change it because I absolutely love what I do. I think it, yeah. that you love what you do really shines through. Mm. Um, and I, I love Connect Fest. So tell <laughs> us. It is good. <laughs> tell us what Connect Fest is. Yeah. So Connect Fest is really about any provider really coming together and just connecting. I feel like there needed to be a space where it was like anybody from a small to medium to large provider, just be together and connecting and, and helping one another. I feel that 
providers can't just do it alone. So I felt like let's create a space that allow providers to connect but also to learn about other people and not to cost you, you know, an arm and a leg to to I guess sponsor an event or, you know, be a part of something that it was um you know, cost effective, but also you got, I guess, as they say in the business world, return of an investment that you do, you really gain so much more um, from Connect Fest because it's an, a space there that you, you're learning from other providers, you're learning from the speakers, but you're also gaining so much network. And it's not just a network from the people that attend the event it's their network as well because I feel that the providers that are coming, they're all wanting to help one another and if they find out about a cool provider that's there, they're going to tell their friends within their network and say, hey, I met this really cool provider and this is what they're doing and it's innovative and it's different and it's not like the the boring old same things that really just won't work in the industry. So it is just a really cool you know, place to come, connect, learn, and just empower one another to succeed and do really well. Yeah, it's uh, I quite like your connection fest. That's how we all met. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we're best. But it, it, <laughs> we are. But it, it, do, it does. Those three amigos. Networking. <laughs> Networking's not something that that comes naturally to everybody. Uh, so, do you have any sort of tips and pointers for some of the people that um, may not feel comfortable? Uh, getting out and introducing yourself to random new strangers? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It is quite a daunting experience of being like, hi, I'm this person and this is what I'm doing. My, I guess, advice is to definitely think about what makes you different and what's your why because I personally hate when I talk to providers and they're really not sure what they like what they're doing and they're like oh we do core and capacity and I'm like oh I really want to know more I need to know like this is what I'm really passionate about like I get really excited when providers are doing things that they're really passionate about and when you talk to them so like when you go up and you're talking to a person you can either do the I guess the old trick of like I know providers do it to me all the time, like, oh, I love your pink hair. Like they always point out something that I'm wearing or something that you have. Uh, I mean, maybe that might be easier for a girl to girl to say that. Maybe guys won't work so much. But, I mean, it could. just depends, I guess. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, it, but it can be just, you know, even just rather than going – forward and going oh hi you know oh hi Sam um I'm Karen from Connect First this is what I do actually going hey Sam so what do you actually do what what's your what's your why what what are you doing different in the NDIS space and asking that question because it relieves that kind of stress and that anxiety that you have to be like okay crap I've got to have my I hate that word elevator pitch but like (laughs) people love that I personally dislike it but I'm like you've got to it allows you kind of just to make you feel a bit more relaxed because you're learning about them my thing is always to think about okay when you're talking to that person think in your network in your brain and go who can I actually connect that person with? And once they've said their little bit, go, oh, look, you know, Sam, I actually know someone that would be really great for you to connect in with. I'd love to actually connect in, like connect you guys together. Can I grab your business card if it's not being given? So you're essentially like showing to them that you're giving rather than just taking and rather than just saying, blurting out everything about yourself, you're making it more about them rather than the other way around. And then you can start talking about yourself and going, well, you know, like I love what you're doing. This is what we're actually doing here in, you know, our business and talking about, you can talk about your why, you can talk about more about what you're passionate about because I feel that when you talk to providers who are really passionate about what they're doing, you get excited as well and you want to learn more and you want to help. But I think if you're just kind of like, yeah, we do call capacity, just kind of, you're like, okay, <laughs> I need more from you. Give me a bit more than just the, yeah. the, the that because you're like, that could be anything within the NDIS as to what you're doing. Um, but that, that's kind of, I guess, my tips in, in regards to it. Also as well, like just remember that not everybody – I guess we're all kind of, well, not maybe everyone, but some people are just faking it till they make it, you know, like they're not, everyone else is nervous. It's not, it's not all that everybody is really like super confident at the events. Um, 
they're nervous as well. But I think if you give more, you're actually going to gain more from it at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's some very, very good advice there. And like uh, Hannah and I were talking earlier before we started recording and um, we're saying that even we still get a bit nervous when, when we go to these yeah. events and how, how do you sort of get thing up? So get the confidence to start up a conversation yeah. with the person you're sort of walking in with or something like that. So I mean, probably, I, probably I, yeah. Yeah, like I still do as well. Like at times, you know, I remember when I had my first event this year, I was literally curling my hair in my bathroom and I'm... Um, piping like hyping myself up and like kind of re-talking what I'm gonna say at the first event I had and my son's like what are you doing mum <laughs> and I'm just like I'm just I'm confidence building myself you know and it's it, it it can I still get nervous even though it may not be seeing um I still get nervous at times because sometimes I am meeting like the Sydney event I knew maybe five to uh, probably about 10, 20 people, but 30 other people I didn't know. So I'm meeting essentially 30 new people and I'm like, cool, this is different, but this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And and then there's days when I get to connect first and I go, oh, I do not <laughs> feel this. I don't know if I really want to talk to people. Why did I decide to come? And then... I find once, like, particularly you get started because usually you have a bit of a spiel first mm. and explain to everyone how it all sort of works. Um, and by the time, you know, and then by the time a few people have spoken, I'm like, okay, I, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm right. I'm here. It allows you to kind of get into the groove of things. So it's there's a little bit of networking in that beginning part, but I know that people are like at that high point of being super nervous so then it's like okay guys we have a bit of morning tea but we can sit down you can all kind of just chill and just kind of get your nerves back I guess and get that confidence and kind of go but also see the providers that are like oh they're doing really cool stuff like oh I could do it like I could inspire them to maybe change the way they're doing things or just think it's okay actually cool to think outside the box and not just be like go with the the norm and then when it comes to lunchtime and it's networking time again we're at least well a we're eating food so you can talk about food (laughs) and you can also talk about networking and it's like in a less for informal kind of way rather than like because connect fest is definitely a chilled kind of environment it's it's definitely not corporate or yeah, it's just chilled, really. It it is. It is definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's it's chill, and and I love the times when we get to sit around and and chat at lunchtime. Mm. That that's really awesome, and you get to really get into a good conversation. Yes. It's it's not. It, it's yeah. yeah. It's a natural conversation over lunch. Yes. Which I, I really it, enjoy. It's not, it, we're all like eating together. It's not a force, like you must talk, you must, you know, but it's like usually one person starts and then it just kind of goes and, and, and becomes more of a natural thing rather than being like, oh crap, I'm in a room and I have to talk to these random people. And it's like really full on and it's scary. It's like, and also you get to eat good food. So it's like, cause I love food. So I'm like, yeah. I want to make sure it's good food. <laughs> We're eating good food and we're talking and we're learning and, you know, you're essentially starting that pre-start of a relationship building, um, you know, because that's what Connect Fest is about. Um, it's like that pre – it's like a pre-game. We're doing it. You get to really get to know people so that, you know, okay, do I want to actually go out for coffee later on out of the event and actually get to know them even more, which I really love um, instead of having like, you know, a two-minute talk and then you're like, I, I don't know if I want to talk to that person even more. Like <laughs> you need to know mm. a bit more, uh, which I love. Yeah, and what I find is even, even when I don't have a participant for someone right then and there, mm. they might have sparked something in me and I go, oh, that is such a good idea though. And I have it in the back of my head and even in like six months' time, someone then might have come, knew might have come to me and I go, oh, hang on a second, this place that I heard of six months ago, you know, are doing something really good in this area that you've just asked me about. So I sometimes encourage people who go to Connect Fest to not necessarily think you're going to get referrals like that day or that week or whatever, but I might have a referral down the track. And 
and it definitely was worth meeting you at Connect Fest and seeing you. And so the it's definitely, definitely worth attending. Yeah, I, I 100% mm. believe that because I, I never want to say to someone, you're definitely going to get all these like millions of referrals because I can't quantify that. And I can't quantify how a person would be like how they do well in the relationship building. That's up to, you know, the provider. But in saying that, like if I if I'm I remember at the Richlands event, there was a group of people there and I knew about three of them. And I was like, I just literally said, oh, you know, that person's good for this. This person's good for this. And this person's good for this. And then the fourth person's like, oh, cool. Like you literally got like a little pink head cheerleader um, pretty much um, <laughs> spruiking the business and, and things like that and telling people like, hey, they're really cool. But I think it is about the long game, you know, relationship building. It doesn't just – sometimes it can happen that you meet someone you're like, oh, I really love them and it could be just that timing. Like they could be like – like Hannah, you could meet someone and could be like, oh, cool, I actually do have someone – that needs this support right then and there and you really like what they're doing and you're like, cool, there could be a potential of referral, but it's not always going to happen like that. And it needs to be that relationship building. And, you know, but this it happens to me all the time. You know, people ask me, oh, hey, Karen, do you know of a connection of, you know, some, you know, really could be an obscure thing and I'm like, oh, yeah, I met someone at ConnectFest and, and somewhere. I'm sure that they can help. Let's connect you guys together and then it's up to them as to what they do with that that connection really at the end of the day. Yeah, so a really good point for, for networking not being a sales yeah. a sales tactic but a real relationship and connection building so we can sort of expand more. Yeah, most definitely. It's not – I think if you come into it really salesy, it doesn't work in this, this space. It's just not – we're a human-to-human industry and it's about – helping participants like they're the they're the main focus and and should be to be able to make sure that they're getting the best service and the best support possible and not being burnt and not having you know unfortunately there are times that providers have not done the greatest things and the trauma and the PTSD that comes from that is really bad and that's why I want you know with ConnectFest is really cool people coming together and there's good there's good providers out there it's all not bad stuff and for people to realise that there are good people out there that do actually essentially want to help them and bringing everyone together is just, is truly magical. Now you've got a son who's on the NDIS. Yeah. What do you look for in providers? Well, for me, so my son, he's on the NDIS. He's, we got di- he got diagnosed at four years of age. So he's autistic and he has ADHD. I call him my emotionally charged little man because he is. So I'm like... Yeah, it's it's an interesting times in the day of it's like someone's died. I'm like, who died? It was his jelly that he washed himself with. It was not even something that was um, that I could save. Um, but he was very upset by it. Um, but for me, I guess for providers, for him, and what I want to see in the space is that, like, especially like if I'm looking for providers for him. They need to understand autism. They need to know about the red and green zones. They need to know that the reason why I'm giving you all this information is not because I'm a you know crazy parent. It's because I'm giving you the tools to be able to support him the best way possible. You know, so that if he's if he's heightened or if he's going into that heightened stage, what are you actually going to do? Um, we've had experiences where it's gone bad, and so you know that's why I give providers that information to them. For me, I want to I, – I need to know that they understand autism. To me, that is such a big thing. And I think with whatever someone's disability is, I want that provider to – I want them to showcase and I want them to let the families and let the participants know, yes, I understand that disability. And I understand, like, say, autism is a spectrum, so yes – you know, you meet one autistic person, you meet another autistic person, they're not going to be the same in similar ways that they do things. But there are going to be some things that are similar that, you know, can be supported. But I think where it comes from is like I don't want I, – I hate when providers say, oh, yeah, we can support that person but they've got no experience, no understanding about the disability, not a care to actually understand that person's disability or how that person could be best supported. I feel like where it comes from when I see providers, they know who they can support, they know how to support them the best way possible. That's what makes me happy 
And I know as a parent, that's what sets my soul on fire to be like, okay, cool. Well, I will connect you and I'm more than happy for them to support my son Um, because it is a scary thing. I think people don't realise – I think they do realise but I find it quite ironic that we're in the space where like, okay, well, my son is going to, I don't know, say – um, a support work, you know, do, they're doing a group session. We're essentially dropping them off at a stranger's place to get supported by a stranger and then go to a strange place. It's just like it's a bit I need to make sure that they understand it and understand him to be able to support in the best way possible. Yeah, it's a, a really important um, point that I, that sometimes gets missed in mm. the intake and the, the whole complexity that sometimes providers have to go is really trying to understand how best um, to understand each individual and to be able to support that that individual the way that they need. Yes, and the way that they want as well because, I mean, it's not mm. because I'm just saying if shits and giggles that there's a reason as to why that if you give my son ice that it will help him calm down if he is, you know, getting to that to that point. It's not I'm telling you that just because, oh, that's just a fun little antidote. It's like, no, nah, this will help you. Otherwise, the red zone's going to go way more and I I guess what I want is that to provide us to realize that you know if a person is going through a red zone so they're getting really heightened it doesn't just stop when I go pick him up it can go on mm. for even like a couple hours to even a couple of days or even to like later on you know like if he had a bad experience he remembers everything and he'll tell me things that happened like three years ago and it's, you know, you're like, yeah, cool, that happened three years ago. <laughs> Can we move <laughs> past it? Like, <laughs> But, like, for him it feels so still raw and it's like you don't want people to experience these things and that's why, like, it scares me if providers say, oh, I can help you, but then you question it and they're like, no, you really can't. Work within your niche and what works best for you is actually going to work better for the participants and their families and there's less trauma and less P- PTSD that's going to come from it. Absolutely. And that's a good core fundamental of trauma-informed supports as yeah. well. I don't think there's enough providers that are trauma-informed <laughs> and it, it, there's a, occasionally it blows my mind mm. how few are trauma-informed. Um, but I was going to pick up on what you said about, you know, having a niche because even as a support coordinator and I have children on the NDIS as well and what um drives me nuts is the people who say they can be all things to all people mm. and they end up being nothing to nobody. Yeah. And we need you to be focused. Yes. And if you think you understand autism and just do that yes. and do it really well and then we'll be able to trust you with that. Or, yeah. you know, some providers are like, oh, we're more in the physical disability space or we're more in the mental mm. health space or, um, you know, and, and then even in like physical space, there's some people who go, you know, we're specific for cystic fibrosis or for cerebral palsy mm. or, you know, like... Be specific because then people know they can trust you with their person who has that diagnosis. And, of course, we know that even within every single diagnosis, everybody's different. But if we know that you understand this in in a general sense and know that everybody's different within that diagnosis, we can feel more secure that your support workers deal with this day in, day out and are trained in it and so we can definitely trust that you can do that. And so I always encourage providers who ask me for advice, um, please, please pick a niche, please. Yeah. No, I I 100% believe that. Like it just, you know, when I talk to providers and, you find out, you know, you might talk to one provider and they really know what they're doing in their niche and you just, I get so excited because I'm talking to them and I'm like, yes, you know what you're talking about. Yes, you have those skills. You've hired people that have fit that niche and fit that bill. It's actually better for your business, I believe so, in the NDI space to have that niche and to be really good at it because it is scary 
you know, as I said, we've had experiences where a provider said that they did understand or no understand autism, but they clearly didn't because we've, you know, we've had experiences where, you know, they've said things to my son and my son will tell me everything. So they've then told me and I'm like, this, no, this, <laughs> this is going mm. on. This is going on like Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> we're in, you're in trouble, lady. Um, <laughs> we're not, we're not going <laughs> to go into that. But like you're in trouble because you can't say that to, you know, I think it was a six-year-old at the time. Like you shouldn't say that to any child. But to an autistic child, it was just like it's going to, of course, come in a wrong way and it's going to go into that wrong direction. Having a niche is so important. And I, I, you know, I talk to many providers and actually help providers to understand because I understand that I think differently. So I understand that other providers who've come into the space, they may have a, a niche but they don't know it yet and they're just like, oh, I've got registered or I'm, you know, may not even become registered but they just have, you know, oh, I'm doing, you know, Say, for instance, I'm doing um, uh, social and community or I'm doing nursing and, you know, I've been a nurse and I know what I'm doing. It's like, cool, but you can't just be a nurse and be in the space. You need to have a difference. You need to have something that you do super well within that space. Um, I met a lady in Sydney and, and I loved her. She goes to me, show me a name and she goes, I just do incontinence. And I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. She was so on point. She knew what she wanted to do. This is her experience and this is what makes, sets her soul on fire. And you could just tell it and you're like, cool. But what I love is that when people be- do niches, they become the go-to person. So I have many multiple go-to people um, that I know that, okay, that works within that person and that works with that person and, you know, that's who I'll refer to within the industry in the space because... They're my go-to people and they know what they're doing. And I feel like when – I think it's like if you're if you're unsure in your own self and you're just talking about like, yeah, I do this and as you said before, Hannah, you know, like we do everything but you're kind of like a master of none. <laughs> it's like it doesn't make – as a parent, I'm just like, do you know what you're doing? Do you know who you are? Like <laughs> do you need help? <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> I, – I need people to – have an understanding or having a will to understand um, and want to have that help. And that's, you know, one of the things that I do within Sapporo Marketing that with my other business to help providers to actually understand how do I get to that point? And then how do I communicate my point across to providers? Because you can't just say, hi, I do this or hi, I'm, I'm Karen and I'm a support coordinator. Cool. What do you actually do? Who do you work with? What is your, what's your superpower at the end of the day? I want to know what that is and let's help celebrate that and help promote it out. Yeah. And that sort of flows into a a point that I I express quite a lot, which is eligibility criteria for your services, Mm. what participants you're going to do. And then not being afraid to say no, because you, that's not your niche. So I think it's really important that you go, you have that defined niche, you you know what you're going to accept, and then you use that power of your connections that you've built through networking to then go, actually, I can't do this type of support. It's outside of my scope. But, however, I've met this really awesome support coordinator that specialises in LGBTQI space and you give her Hannah's number or, or <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, but it <laughs> is. Same with Sophie, Hannah. <laughs> but it is so true, you know, like I get really upset with providers who, you know, I've helped in the past and, you know, a person has contacted them and then they're like, oh, no, sorry, we don't do that. And then they just close the door on that, you know, family. And I just, oh, God, you've you've got an open door because, yes, you may not be able to assist and it's good for you that you've said you can't and that's not your niche. But you've you've done a boo-boo in saying that, no, I can't help you and just close the door. Go to your connection. It's actually going to help you because people will come back to you because you've actually been kind and you're being thoughtful to go, I can't help, but, hey, I know someone who can help you um, because you never know that person might be like looking, you know, for other services but they really love your services but you know, you're not doing it and then maybe you decide to do it and that person could come back or they could do other services that fit in with what you were doing, you know, and it it comes back to you. Good karma comes back. Um, But it definitely is giving that, you know, and it also it just helps that community grow even more um, about connecting and helping each other rather than going, I just do everything I do all by myself because you just, it's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So you... Um, 
in Support Warrior Marketing, mm. you support providers with their marketing needs because there's there's so <laughs> many ways and different things that you can do. And um, I think you have different packages, um, different price points, don't you? So yeah. do you want to tell us a little bit about how that works? Yeah, so I have, I guess it's kind of like the, the basic um, – it's like the the beginner package, I guess, in some ways to help providers. Because I, I strongly believe, yeah, you got to have a niche. You got to know what your niche is. You got to know how to communicate your niche out, you know, through social media. So that's you know having that first. Because I feel like it's like when you're, I don't know, it's like when you're ever starting your own business. You need to. You want to kind of come out like a bull out of the gate, and you want to come out like like ha ha, I'm here, but I'm doing awesome stuff. Not like I'm I'm here and I'm here you kind of want to have a bit more oomph to it so what I get to help providers is to to showcase to them okay like let's talk about what is your why and why you're doing the things that you're doing what's your niche how to actually communicate that to providers how to communicate that through your socials as well so that's kind of like a starter package that I have and we do like a I create their first post for them as well, you know, working with them as well. Then the other package is, is more about helping, you know, through the social media. Um, and I, I strongly believe it's not – social media is not there to get referrals. I mean, that's always a plus if you can get that. But it's more about having a positive brand awareness so people are actually getting to know – who you actually are and showcasing that. And I call it realism marketing um, instead of just, you know, it, it, we want to, I want to so I want to see the real stuff. Like I want to know about why a person started their business. I want to know the faces of that business. I want to know what sets their soul on fire, makes them happy. And you can't just come in it because I just want to do a business. You've really got to love what you do in this space because when you don't, it's cutthroat and people will know and people <laughs> want to connect with you because you're not – you're not being real. You know, I want to see, as I said to, you know, as I've said to providers before, I don't want to just see someone, you've taken someone to go, do grocery shopping and you've got them in, it's like the token pose of the person, you know, standing with the trolley, woohoo, we're going shopping. I actually want to know and what I say to providers, like, like we can celebrate that, we can talk about it, but let's talk about how you actually got that person to that point of, okay, did you, you know, when we so that what I do with providers is I actually help them to understand how we can actually promote your business and how it can be promoted in a more realism way. Um, and you know, if you're going to do a grocery post, don't just do the token post of the person <laughs> standing next to a grocery, you know, to the trolley. Yes, you can do that, but add more to it and say, you know, we're taking, um, you know, Bill, our participant, out to do, you know, some independent um, grocery skills, you know. Bill's needing, you know, he really hates all the loud noise. We used ear loops. We invested in maybe going in the quiet hour. We had a look, okay, where, because you've got the maps at the end of the, you know, the aisles. We've taken photos of that so we know that for Bill, he only needs to go into like aisle two, four and 15 or something. So we've done preparation. And to me, I like seeing those posts more than we went to the grocery store. Like, cool. Everyone goes to the grocery store, gives a bit more. So I like to, I guess what I've said previously, and it sounds a bit odd, but I literally go into people's brains and gets the information of how they're doing things differently and I actually tell the story for them and that's what essentially I get to do. And please, please don't send support coordinators an email with just your registration groups because that is so annoying. It's it's nice cool. that you've registered for all these registration groups. I I don't care. I feel like I you should give them a gold sticker, like just, gold sticker. You did that. But, but what are you actually doing with that? What are you actually offering? Like it it. Drives me mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember day, days where back back when I was operating a support, a support coordination agency, the the fifty thousand like random Canva ads or Mailchimp emails that you would get. Hi, provider. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Painful. That would oh. go. Usually it, go straight to junk. It, it does. It doesn't make you want to read it. Like to me, I'm like, you need to, you need to, I guess, hook a person in in a way to know, okay, well, why is it that, 
what are you trying to promote? What is the, the, I guess, the need you're trying to fill? But also as well, please, you know, I always say in email introductions, you need to tell them where you actually service, um, what you're actually doing and how you can actually be contacted as well. Because I feel like if you don't bother to do that, I think some people think, oh, well, then they're going to email me back. And I'm like, no, <laughs> they'll put it as to do later and they may not actually get to that later. And it's it's not yeah. Like, do you have a referral form? Yeah. Do I need to fill in a form? Have yeah. you sent it to me, or do I have to fill out a referral on your website? Which is totally fun. like either yeah. way you want to do it is how fine. Do I but do you've things. got to tell me yeah. in your email how I do that. I think people forget to. It's like with you know talking about yourself. And I remember when I first started doing marketing, and I remember a friend of mine. I go to him, why isn't anyone picking me? <laughs> and he goes, Karen, they don't know who you are. And I was like, oh, duh, yeah, Drew. Um, that's why I created my brand of I'm the pink-haired lady and everybody knows me as that and not known as Karen as so much now, which that's completely cool. Um, but that's who my brand is and that's what I've created. And I love that. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see when, you know, like I remember I rewrote a provider's um, – support coordinator's email and she just sounded so boring and then I you know got her story and I rejigged it and was like and she was like god I sound good it's actually me and I'm like yeah because it should be you it shouldn't be a robot you should be you and that's the thing I I love about this industry is that you can be yourself and I strongly push that you know like at Connecticut connect first be yourself be who you are even as when you're doing helping my providers with you know the brand awareness marketing is like actually wouldn't you rather like if you're doing this as your you know full-time job to be yourself don't be fake don't be someone else actually show your true colors because it's gonna people will I read a quote it's like people will buy from people you know they want to they want to know who you are and they want to know what you're about is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I guess with the, in regards to the connect with Connect Fest, so there's a bit of a I guess a new thing that's kind of come up. Um, I'm always trying to evolve and just make it better for our community and how can I help providers and how can I help them even more? So we now have three different options for sponsorship. So we have, I've re-nicknamed because I like little nicknames for things. <laughs> so the one that is always being done, which is, you know, why he, you know, for the 10 minute time slot. So everything is the same of having two posts prior to the event and having two posts after the event. We now have a sponsor table that I force all the sponsors now to stand behind and pretty much you know talk when the um when everyone's coming into the event so they they can then give their goodies out it's then it's a choice if people want to take it or not so the 10 minute time slot has just changed slightly so we've got the first one which is the hook line and sinker one which is the interview that we have um, we always have everyone like at the front, just kind of, you know, um, sat at the front and we're talking, you know, why did you decide to start your business and, you know, what makes you unique? So we have that one. We now have two other options, which is um, the second one is share your journey. So I really want to have a space there for a provider. It's not to really promote yourself so much. It's more about, you know, sharing that, you're kind of not alone. We've all been there. There's other providers that have been in the industry for much longer. I want them to share their journey and share the tips and hints to where they've gotten. I don't even mind if people talk about maybe a fail that turned into a positive or maybe that was a negative because everyone's going to go through these times. It's I always say owning a business is kind of like being on a roller coaster. Um, sometimes you really want to get off it. But <laughs> it's mostly really good. Um, and then the other one is the, the third one is grow our community. So I wanted to create a space that, you know, for that 10-minute time slot, if there is a provider out there that wants to kind of provide information to to our community that's going to help it. And it could be, say, for instance, a counsellor that wants to talk about mental health and it's not about maybe the mental health of the participants. It could be mental health of, you know, of our, of us, of providers and things like that. I am also as well looking at having outsider services come in and do talks that is going to be, you know, 
important to the to the NDI's community. So it could be like, a, you know, having a good accountant, I think is definitely important. Um, also like having IT um, support, um, you know, and just even like training organisations and other things like that, that coming out to talk about it because I think that, yes, we have the NDI space and I love it, but also there's outer services that can come in and talk to providers to, for them to understand about things that maybe they've not thought about it but it could essentially help them as well so having that change I'm really excited about it and a lot of providers are reaching out which is really great and there's more events you know coming up in um, Brizzy and um, Queensland but also Sydney, Newcastle, Perth, Melbourne, I feel like I go everywhere um, <laughs> um, that, are, that are coming up which is really exciting and I just you know, I just love to help and I love to connect and, and just support anyone that is doing the great thing and being innovative and, yeah. Oh, that's – I love that. I, I love that you've got this this new new idea of, mm. of how to how to do those talks. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be really exciting. So I will just really quickly talk about the – how Connect Fest works. Yeah. So first of all, people come into the venue and there's networking time. So this is not defined. You just go in and you talk, you might talk to the sponsors at the sponsor table yep. and you get some morning tea and you chat to people as they kind of come in. Yeah. And then um, in a little bit, Karen will then gather everyone in to sit down. Then there's... 10 minutes each for the sponsors to have a chat, have a talk to the whole group in in one of those styles. And then there's a break for lunch where, again, we get <laughs> networking time. And then we come back together for the circle of connection. So the circle of connection is... I love this idea. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel kind of funny I'm saying it to you, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing it in a really, I want to snapshot it to, yeah. to like put it in a nutshell so that people sort of understand what we're doing. So then everyone sits in a circle, one big circle with everybody and people just say, hey, I've had this generalised issue. Like sometimes it's like, staffing or mm. it's um I've had an issue with you know participants not wanting um supporters of different ethnicities mm. or you know something like that and so then as a whole community we get to sort of chat about oh well I've often done it this way or this yeah. person might have an idea about oh well I've sometimes done it this way or and I really love that way of of it's also sharing those sort of resources of uh, because everyone's an expert in yep. in what they do, so it it I love it. <laughs> I, f I feel like you get to what I really loved at the the Richlands event is like I, I hadn't noticed it previously, like probably had, but really hadn't thought about it. But I loved that everybody inputted it like gave an input to the situation but you really got to understand them as a person even more and identified what they do and how they do things and it kind of just it made you want to connect with them even more because it was like oh you actually really get it and it was you know at events what I love about the circle of connection it's not like oh well you you know you fudged up like you know you made a boo-boo and you've done that it's it's more of it's a total safe space so if you've got a big problem and you're needing a help we as a community are helping and, and giving you know constructive you know ideas to be able to help them and they come out going oh cool like I've got a group of people that actually care and we're not in it we're all in it together we all make boo-boos that's okay it, that's life but how do you then do better next time which I really love and and I I have a good friend of mine he said to me he goes well Karen, you know, like if you're you're networking and you've got a funny feeling about someone and then you're in the circle of connection and you're kind of bearing your soul and the person bees a bit of an ass, you know that you definitely don't want to connect with them later on. It allows you to realise that. But what I found with, you know, 
you know, connect first and, and the, the circle of connection, there's no asses there. And, no. <laughs> and I literally say to people, if you think it's a competition, there's the door and you can leave. Uh, no one's actually left yet. Um, but <laughs> it would be funny if anyone did. But <laughs> no one has left. Um, but I think that's the, it's just all about empowering one another. And it's okay that we all, if you make a mistake or if you, maybe it's not even making a mistake, but if you're needing help, I think it's cool to be able to do that because it's a lot of providers, it's it's not like we have, I mean, yes, there's bigger organisations where you could ask, but like, you know, small providers or medium providers may not have those people. They may not have the people yet to be the go-to people to go, oh my God, I need help. Hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So our last question as always is, in your ideal world what would the future of the NDIS look like oh gosh that's a big question Uh, (laughs) I think for me is that there's more education for families and participants to actually understand the NDIS and what providers do also that there's more collaboration there's more connectivity that there's no bullshit of its competitiveness, like that's just not the way it should be, that we're all helping one another. As you said before, Hannah, you know, that there's experts in fields that they, what they do. Can't we just all, can't we just be kind and help one another and support one another and not to allow it to be a competition? But also for, I think, the education side of things, for families to actually understand what... There's a lot of, I feel like, miscommunication or misunderstanding of what the NDIS is and and what the different kind of supports that can do and how things can be done. I think more education needs to be around that. And for people to know, and I feel that, like, say, in the news at the moment, it's very much a negative, like, because there are bad providers doing bad things. But I, I would really love for the media to know and the whole community, you know, of Australia to realise that there's some really cool people and good things that are coming out and there's amazing providers doing, you know, incredible work that could essentially help, you know, people to become more independent and grow as people. That's what I'd like to see. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> You are more than welcome. I've really loved it. I got very excited to be on the podcast because I just, I absolutely love both of you. And, you know, um, I know we are friends, but I also admire you professionally and the work that you guys are doing is just, it is making an impact, you know, on the space. And I feel privileged to be a part of the podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been, been we've been trying to get, get you on for a little while now. So we're glad that we've got this one down. It's I'll, been I'll awesome, get a bit busy. Awesome. <laughs> help and everybody wants to see me now I'm joking (laughs) yes yes and we'll definitely get you on again um in another time yeah no most definitely I'd love to to be involved and be a part of this um incredible podcast thank you thank you awesome thank you I recently went to Richland's Connect Fest and I took a mic along with me. I asked a series of people who were at Connect Fest, who are they and what do they love about Connect Fest? And here's what they had to say. So, who are you? I'm Rachel Mills. I'm the Senior Service Coordinator for Diva T in Brisbane. Um, We're a disability support service. We specialise in children with high care needs. We offer STA, MTA, um, SIL and community access. We also do transportation. Um, We'll go anywhere in Australia where we're needed. Awesome. And what do you like about Connect Fest? I love the quality of the people that come to these I think it's it's a much better dynamic I love the circle of connection where we can all discuss common strategies and issues of the day I think that's really helpful it's like a giant brainstorming session so it really is good awesome thanks hi who are you I am Jyoti. I represent Kurumara Care and uh, we are support provision company and what I love about Connect Fest is obviously Karen. She's just wonderful, but everything she brings to the NDIS field and the participants and just the approach she takes and connects people. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Who are you? Hi, I'm Danielle from Angels on Duty. Um, I have met Hannah. This is my fourth time at Connect Fest. And what do you like about Connect Fest? 
Uh, getting to know people, um, not just uh, briefly meeting them the once and then never reconnecting. Um, seeing what other people are achieving for people with disability, uh, some new inventive kind of uh, businesses that aren't just the norm. Awesome, thank you. So, who are you? Hello, my name is Tara and I'm from Me Plus More and I love Connect Fest because it's super fun, get to meet some great people. Awesome, thank you. So, who are you? Hi, I'm Elise. I'm from My Integra Plan Management and Support Coordination. I love coming to Connect Fest because it is generally like catching up with all of my friends. Everyone here is so wonderful. They provide such great services and it's great getting to know a little bit more about everybody over tea and coffee. Awesome, thank you so much. So, who are you? Uh, I'm Sid, I'm from Anakin Healthcare Services, Australia. Wonderful, and? And I'm Connie Gum from Anakin Healthcare Service as well. Fantastic, and this is your first time at Connect Fest. What are you looking forward to? Yes, it is our first time. Looking forward to meeting different people, like from different, I know, part of NDI's uh, community. So excited to connect with everyone. Yeah, we're looking forward to connect with people, knowing how it works and making new connections. Awesome, thank you. Hey, so who are you? Good morning. Um, I'm Suliana Mavai and I'm from Rejoice Healthcare. Actually, it's my first time to be here, so I'm so excited to meet everyone, to have some connection. Everyone here is really nice and I think you'll really enjoy it. So I'm really excited for you being your first time. Thank you. I'm already excited and, you know, I can feel the vibes here. Everybody is friendly and I'm sure I'll get a lot of connection and help from here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please share with people you know. You can email us at whatinthendispod at gmail.com. To contact me, it's hannah at tulipcoordination.com.au. And to contact Sam, it's sam at rosenbaum.consulting. Until next time, as the Green Brothers say, don't forget to be awesome.